Ready to roll. You guys haven't been talking about me this whole time? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You may take it. You like some commie guns. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> all about that gotcha journalism, so. <laughs> I watch a lot of bikes, man. It's kind of fun. It's really good. Yeah, bikes. It's pretty cool, uh, days. Uh, they do some crazy journalism. This is more than a joke. Uh, more of a joke than anything, but um, yeah, they do a lot of segments in Russia, and there's a lot of a lot of AK stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, cool. You don't know Vice Media? You never heard of that, Marty? You have to watch. There's an episode. There's actually two, and they're not allowed in North Korea anymore. But there's two episodes where they go into North Korea and they troll them the entire time about how weird their country is, and that's the greatest thing ever. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. I was on Vice, man. You should you should uh should check that one out at least. What station's it on? I have no idea. They just came to my office and interviewed me. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> you're, you're busting my chops about it. <laughs> you did no, an interview I know, with them. You I know don't even know who they're is. affiliated uh, with. I know it's on HBO. Oh, it's on uh, HBO. Okay, I got HBO. Yeah. I'll check it. But out. yeah, they do some really rad like Ted was saying some crazy stuff like they went down to, uh, I saw one episode where they went down to uh, Mexican drug cartels. Like, I mean, in the middle of it, where at any moment you're going to get skinned alive, you know? And uh, the cartels were just showing them basically their operation and everything. It's crazy. Nice. Sounds yeah. dangerous, too. Sounds what? Like, sounds dangerous. Yeah. Can you hear it's me like, okay? Am I coming through all right? Yeah, it's just breaking up a little bit. Do I need to get closer to my microphone? No. Ted probably does. He's he's a soft-spoken man. He's got soft hands, too. <clears throat> I sure do, buddy. I moisturize a lot. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Uh -huh. Starting to like you even more. Yeah, so uh, a little backstory. Ted and I, unless you want to record this. I'm, I'm already recording. Um, oh. oh, boy. So. <clears throat> Always be recording. That's the number one rule. <laughs> Moist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Ted and I met uh, because I was um, scrolling through or digging through uh, Facebook Market, and he had a bike for sale on there, um, which I still have to this day. It's cursed motorcycle. However, it brought me and Ted together, and uh, he's pretty much one of my uh, best friends now. He might be my only friend, except for <laughs> But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I bought that. Ended up buying that bike off of him, and we just stayed in touch. And uh, we've been friends ever since. That was how long ago? Four years ago? Uh, five? Almost five years ago now. Because uh, I just had a, a memory pop up on my Facebook today about it. That's yeah, it makes me feel bad because it's it doesn't feel like that long at all. I know. Are you going to show I'm, us your face? Uh, don't be scared. I mean, come on, you're among friends I here. Yeah, I should probably, honestly, I should probably throw a clean shirt on, man. I, uh, I'm covered in ink right now. That's perfect. Uh, oh, me. Ink without a shirt, so what difference does it make? <laughs> as long as you got a shirt on. Dude. I got some videos to send you uh, after this chat. I was taking some footage of this run we did. We did uh, 
550 shirts in about two and a half hours. Wow. That's pretty cool. Dang. So, yeah, man, starting to rip through them, and they came out great. We didn't have one problem for once. That's pretty neat. You do screen printing? You do shirts? Make shirts? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Swan City Paint Company. Uh, Okay. We'll give them a plug on here. I think this will be clean enough. You can dip on the show too, right? If you're on camera. Absolutely. You can dip, you can drink. Right. There he is. All right. Cool. Sweet. T-bone. So here's There we go. This is gonna be kind of a fly by the seat of our pants show, but it's gonna be uh kind of centered around motorcycles. Uh and then of course, you know, we wanna talk about Sturgis. We're here all about Sturgis, how that went. Did you go to Sturgis, Ted? I did not. Um, couldn't make it. It was working. <laughs> I think yeah, too much work to do. He almost went last last second, but couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, and the year before that, I didn't make that one either. You could have stayed at the uh, lead quarters <laughs> with Chad on his way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun house, dude. We're going to have to go visit him. Next year, we're definitely planning it to go. I want to ride. I want to see if I can ride the yeah. whole way. He's got a rad pool, and he throws pool parties all the time. I heard they're oh, off yeah? the hook. So Matt's not going to join us. He's going to sit in the wings as usual. He's working. Waiting in the wings. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. All right. Y'all ready to start? You ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Tampa Bay hat on. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. Lead heads. We are back with another episode of Chad. The uh, Talking Lead podcast. There you go. Don't be so enthused about it. <laughs> I was, was coming on the spot. I was got, I got nervous. Caught you off guard. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. Was it January? I think it was the last time we had had you on. I think so. Yeah. So um, that voice, ladies and gentlemen, Chad Enos with Caltech, Caltech Weapons, the official yes. sponsors of Talking Lead, and they were going to be the official lead quarters for the 2021 NRA in uh, Houston, Texas, but as most of you know by now, that's been canceled. Eh. Two years in a row. Uh, axed. Axed. Due to reasons. <laughs> reasons we probably all know. Uh, but Chad has brought along a, a friend, a buddy, that's going to be joining us to, to discuss our topic, which I'll tell you what that is going to be after Chad introduces his buddy. Hey everybody, this is Mr. Ted Blank. Um, if you are familiar with uh, Chippendales, between uh, <laughs> years 97 to 2003, you've probably seen him perform. Uh, super good guy. Did you perform um, with Billy Ray Cyrus when he was a Chippendale? <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. Uh, no, but uh, Ted's been a really, really good friend of mine for about five years now. And uh, I just wanted to have him um, on the podcast today because he's a good friend of mine and uh, he's funny. He's a really solid guy. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some things that he's somewhat of an expert on today. So There you go. And you've become, Ted, you've become more of an expert. Ted, welcome in. Thanks, guys. So you, you own a company. Talk about your company that, uh, that you run down there in Florida. 
to you. Uh, me and my partner run a, a screen printing company called uh, Swan City Print Company dot com, and uh, we do anything and everything prints when it comes to t shirts, pants, bags, posters, whatever you want. We can do it. Doing hats too. Uh, yeah, we can do hats as well. Uh, we can also do embroidery, DTG, uh, transfers. I mean, anything and everything. We can take care of you. Very nice. What's your uh, your handles on social medias? Uh, Ted Blank as yeah, my personal, and then it's, um, it's is that a man hey, bun? What's it? <laughs> no, it's a long ponytail, man. Okay, it's gorgeous. Swan City Print Company on Instagram, I used to right? Have one. And same thing on Facebook. Okay, had to check with the boss there, huh? Make sure. Yeah, yeah, I gotta run everything through her. <laughs> or I get in trouble. Well, that's uh-huh. a smart thing. That's a smart thing to do there. But guys, we're going to be talking about motorcycles today. That's our our topic. Uh, Chad just recently uh, had a trip to to Sturgis, and he swung by the lead quarters on his way. Uh, you guys saw some of the posts that I did on social meds, and I've never been there, so I want to hear about Sturgis. We're going to talk about motorcycle safety, carrying while riding your motorcycle. Get some tips and tricks uh, about that, uh, and then we're going to talk about some other things. But first, we got to thank the people that make this show possible, and the number one being Keltech, Keltech Weapons there in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Um, again, I'm bummed, super bummed. I can't, I can't, I can't exa- over exaggerate how bummed I am that we're not going to Houston and uh, setting up the lead quarters with you guys. Um, very disappointed. I mean, I mean I'm, all, I'm all broken up about it for sure. Yeah. But, you know, what we could do is I, we could just make a trip up to see you and, and just hang out in the lead quarters and do whatever we were going to do at NRA. We could do that. Um, or I could come down there. Even better. Because I've not done that yet. I've not done a, a tour of the Keltec facilities. Let's let's plan that. So that would be a, that would be an awesome trip. And then uh, yep. you've got your bikes down there. Maybe you trust me enough to maybe hop on one of your hogs and and drive around a little bit. Um, even though I'm notorious for laying them down. <laughs> I got I got just the bike for you, right, Ted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the one. <laughs> I got it's been on the ground. Perfect. It's got more miles staying on the ground than it does upright. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, but uh, uh, like I said, it was January when we last had you on, and the reason we haven't had you guys on since then is because we knew we were going to be doing NRA, and you guys were going to have some cool things, news to drop to the leadheads. We were going to have some, some cool giveaways and stuff like that, but uh, unfortunately that's not going to happen. So, um, like you said, we're going to we're gonna come up with Plan B. Uh, we'll make up for it. Yeah, we might talk a little bit about it on uh, this episode uh, as well. But, guys, check them out, keltechweapons.com. Yeah, they're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. And you guys have started a, a little blog, news blog, uh, where you've got some cool informational posts that you do from time to time. Talk about that. We have. So uh, we've got a, a digital company called uh, Black Tie. Is it Media Matt? Black Tie Media? Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, so they, we give them topics to work with um, and then I give them some bullet points and then they'll write up, they'll write those blogs up Then they'll send them back to us for proofing and then, yeah, it gets, uh, they automatically post those to our website. They're pretty, it's pretty interesting topics, uh, stuff that's, you know, near and dear to our heart, obviously, uh, 
um, you know, gun safety, the different products out there that are, you know, um, accessories for our, our own firearms as well as other firearms. And, um, you know, just the whole, the whole uh, gun community scene, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just getting kind of started. So is that something you know, they can of, access from your website? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also send out emails. So if you sign up for our email list, you'll get those automatically in your email. So what so, I want to do, and they're not, wanna, they're not long. So they're pretty short reads just mm-hmm. with a, you know, pack full of information and they're kind of fun. I want to bring up one and show our uh, video audience. Um, so I'm at your website right now. Where, what tab do I go under? It's down at the bottom. Okay. Down at the bottom. So this is, this is something new I've been doing since <coughs> the last time you were on Chad. I don't think you've been on since we started uh, doing our videos. No, you got super fancy on me. <laughs> I don't know if I got super fancy, but uh, I've added more difficulty to my life, uh, <laughs> no doubt. So here it is, their website, keltechweapons.com. You go down to the bottom, uh, and there's the blog right there. You click on the blog, and boom, all kinds of cool yep. articles here. Sub-2000, Spotlight, Reliable, Functional, and Practical. Speaking of, got mine right here. Right on. This is my Gen 1 with the red line precision. Um, Still rocking the Gen 1. I love it. Oh, yeah. My Gen 2 is back there on the wall. I don't know if you can see it or not. The one I camoed up with the skulls. Uh, All I can see is keltechweapons.com at the moment. Oh, yeah. I'm sharing my screen. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're new to this. I am. I was was just toting up my weapon. (laughs) Being fancy is not easy. It's not. It's hard. Technology's hard. So, it is. <laughs> so here's some added benefit to uh, going to their website, following them on their social meds, and signing up for their email um, newsletters uh, as you get these cool articles. Uh, so check them out, keltechweapons.com. Yep. You'll find promos and stuff there as well. So there's incentive to go and, and look through everything for sure. And then as you can also see they're in their new logo up at the top left there, 30 years. You guys are celebrating 30 years this year of Celtic greatness. Yeah. And uh, those shirts that you see, uh, many of those shirts that you see on our website were printed by uh, Swan City Print Co. Oh, so, so we for go any, to apparel. You out, uh, purchased uh, some of that apparel. Um, those red shirts. Uh, there's, yeah, there's several. The, the uh, stack logo, the green ones that were just below that. Uh, there's a bunch of them. They do super high quality work, and uh, and we love it. Very Good nice. stuff. Swan City Print Co. Yo, you doing the GI Joe? <laughs> do you do that one too? Yep, yes. you did that. Yeah, yeah. GI Joe. That's my uh, my hero. <laughs> that's yeah, a real American cool guy. hero. <laughs> I grew up with GI Joe, man. I don't know. I've got a. I've got a. Well, I'm not sharing my screen right now, but I've got a shadow box behind me that's. Uh, dedicated to some of the figures there geek go ahead i'm a geek well, <laughs> so, well yeah. ted's a geek he likes the dark side of things the dark side of things mm-hmm. uh also yeah. uh making this show possible are is our buddies over at mission first tactical check them out missionfirsttactical.com uh, and i don't talk a lot about their holsters but they do have uh holsters there too so uh if you've got um a specific firearm that you want to get a holster for check with them i think they do most of the major uh, style uh, handguns so check them out uh, and then of course their accessories uh, 
with their um, AR-15 handguards, their magazines that I was talking about that they do. Uh, here's some of their magazines, <laughs> and they can do custom logos on there. And we were going to be having some of these at NRA with Caltech's new 30-year logo and Talking Lead logo. Uh, we still may do something and give those out to some of you lead heads. Uh, but they're... Yeah. It's just going to make SHOT Show that much better if SHOT Show happens. <laughs> if it if it happened. I mean, just yeah. us being there makes it better, you know? That's a fact. But, you know, that's the thing. You talk about that, and you guys were going to do that's... it uh, rain or snow. You guys were going to show up. You were going to be there. A lot of these companies, which is what forced NRA to shut it down, these huge companies backed out. You know, they pulled out uh, just kind of protecting their asses, I guess, so they don't get sued in case something happened to one of their employees. I don't know what their reasonings are, political, whatever it may be. Uh, but Browning, Smith & Wesson, FN, Ruger, HK, Fiocchi, uh, Kimber, you know, some of the, the real big companies there that they really rely on um, pulled out. And, you know, I guess that was probably the deciding factor in what made them you know, really decide. Have you guys heard anything different? I'm sure you're probably... Oh, you're, no, we, that's, yeah, that's what happened. There just wasn't, you know, nobody was going, so I have it. So, yeah. Uh, mostly international companies, and it's just domino effect from there. It was mainly, yeah, the, um, the corporate companies, the stockholders, the head of stockholders and whatnot, you know, the big publicly traded companies that were yeah. really, I guess, just scared of, of getting sued by their employees if they got sick. So anyway, uh, we're not doing it. It's not happening. Uh, but you can still go and support our sponsors, our companies. Uh, let them know how much you appreciate them making this show possible each and every week. Uh, and companies like Seal One also for all your gun cleaning and uh, corrosive protection needs. Seal One has got you covered. Um, I've got to do some cleaning on couple other guns that i took out uh this past weekend i've got a can that i've been trying out new can from uh, Atlas defense got another nice. one that's in jail still that i'm waiting to get out and i can't wait to talk about it uh, chad was showing us something earlier i don't know if he can still show it or not but. it's a it's a griffin armament uh m4 sdk can nice um this one's for 556 five, it's a uh, this thing's amazing. I actually just got it back because, uh, shoot, I don't even know how many rounds are through it. Probably 8,000 rounds. And I, I broke the, um, it wasn't. The collar? Uh, Griffin's fault. I broke this. Well, I, I didn't latch the, the latching mechanism on all the way, and I let somebody shoot it, and they got like 10 rounds into it, and it, and it blew off, and I lost the, the clip. But I, So I sent it to them. This is how great of a company they are. I sent it to them just to replace that part and instead of only replacing that part they completely cleaned the whole can and they refinished the whole thing for me oh nice so like yeah it was can. And, and back to me pretty quick so it was, it was pretty pretty nice of them to do that and that looks but really yeah, good on the rdb too it looks I, I i told them too i sent them some pictures i'm like this thing was made for the rdb series guns uh, yeah it it's really kind of got y'all's pattern on it yep yeah exactly the gator the gator, the gator pattern yeah that's when I first saw it. I was like, no way, you guys are doing cans now? 
Like uh, well, we are on the sub sub two thousand CQB. We we that's our design. That's true. Yeah, that is true. And I want to I want to see that gun porn too. So later, if you've got one to hold sure. up, let's talk about that. And we'll talk about the P fifty two. But first, Chad, you know what I hear? Uh oh. I hear is that. Is that gunny? I hear the gunny coming in with the the jack wagon train. So gunny, uh -oh. bring that train in. We got to take care of some jack wagons, and we're gonna honor some heroes too. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at eight and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. Shoot, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the train has stationed, and we've got some, some jack wagons to take care of. And I'll start with my guest first. Chad, you got any jack wagons, Ted? I'll let Chad go first. Gonna let okay. him test the waters, huh? I'll go first. So my jack wagon is me. Is you? Yeah. What? Yeah. So last time I was on the show, um, you had asked me about my bike accident. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You had a pretty bad um, incident. It, yeah. Not I, your fault. No, I broke, I broke four ribs and had a pretty substantial brain bleed. Uh, and I was actually, <laughs> we joked around about the bike earlier, but I was on the bike that Ted built that I bought from him. And um, I got T-boned and I uh, went down really hard. And I didn't know where I was. I, I didn't even, I wasn't really, I was conscious and moving around and stand. I stood up, I, I got the bike off the road and all that stuff. And I told this story um, last time I was on, but... Uh, I left out like the the very most important detail, and I just want to correct this. Um, what I told you last time was, uh, after I got hit, I immediately stood up and took my helmet off, and I and I rolled the bike off the road, and I pulled my phone out to call my dad. Well, I didn't even call my dad, and I was unaware of this until recently. Um, I called my then beautiful girlfriend. Uh, her name's Shannon. And uh, told her I'd just been in a, a bike bike accident, and um, I could still hear her voice. You know, uh, she was uh, frantic and crying, um, and uh, I was trying to explain to her where I was, and she actually called my dad because mm. it was about two miles from my dad's house where I went down. So. Right. I just wanted to correct that. Like she was the first person that I called, and and when I told that story last time, it it really kind of hurt her feelings a little bit because I left her out of that, and um, and uh, I knew I had talked to her, but I didn't know that I was, you know, that I called her and not my dad. I, I just I didn't know that until she yeah. told me about it. So I just want to correct that. Um, well, and that's yeah. understandable. I mean, January we did the show. How when did you have the accident? I'm not even sure when it was. <laughs> yeah. Before. I mean, I can even tell during that show that you were out of it. You know, you weren't the same, the same well, Chad. And, um, but that's good yeah. of you to come, you know, because you, I'm sure your memories, once they told you that your memories started coming back and you're like, Oh yeah, damn. Well, you know, I knew, I knew I had talked to her at some point because I remember her voice. I remember her crying and I remember how frantic she was and how worried she was about me and stuff. In fact, when I was when I got in that accident, um, it was it was partially my fault. I mean, yes, yeah, somebody made an illegal left hand turn and T boned me, but 
but I went around a truck because I was super impatient trying to get, I was trying to get to her house because she was making me dinner. And, oh, uh, yeah. and that's, that's what happened. Someone turned and, and T-boned me. So I was on my way to her house, um, to eat dinner. And I don't know why I told the story that way. I actually did think I called my dad, but I knew I had talked to her. Yeah. And, um, I think at the time when I was telling the story, I just kind of wanted to leave my personal life sort of out of it. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with her, you know. You know, she, she, you know, she thought that I was just embarrassed of her, or I don't know, you know. Um, That's but understandable. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And I and I, I understand how her feelings got hurt about that. So I just wanted to, I want to get on here, clear the you air, know, and clear the air and correct that, and just let you know that you know I called my, my loving and beautiful girlfriend first and told her. You know, I had gone down and I just, I wanted her to know, you know, because it, I didn't want her to worry about me so much. And I was going to be late for dinner, obviously. Well, I was going to say, so. man, I would be impatient too if, uh, you know, if I was on my way to eat. I'm sure she's a great cook too. What what was she cooking? Do you remember? Phenomenal cook. I don't I don't think I ever found out. It, if she told me, I, I don't remember because I spent, she took care of me for months. It must have um, been something you really liked. It was probably your favorite dish and that's why you're in such a big hurry to get there. Everything she makes is my favorite. <laughs> Everything she makes is your favorite. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like she's she's a good cook, but I uh, well I do all the cooking around here. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're I'm the only one to cook for. So. <laughs> exactly. but, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to clear the air on that. Um, well, that's a that's yeah. a big man of you to do that. And uh, not Shannon, really. If you're listening, no, she just, don't go hard on my boy. He didn't mean it. He had a brain injury, and he loves you. <laughs> Yeah. But she, um, you know, Ted knows this too. She took care of me. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done without her, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, anyway. Um, so deserving jack wagon, Chad. And then, and then since then, do you want to talk about the other accident you were in? Sure. Uh, <laughs> wait, you're in another accident? Same bike. Same bike. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the bike yeah, from gonna, hell, man. You're gonna have to, you have to forgive Ted. He's got some brain injuries too. <laughs> like, oh, we all but, do. Uh, I've had several brain injuries myself. So, eleven thirty in the morning, I think it was. I forget what the police report said, but I was uh, sitting um, on a three-lane road with um, a turn lane, both left and right. Um, not a single car on the road anywhere. This is on US one in uh, Rockledge, where. Uh, near where I live, and um, somehow a drunk girl with no driver's license, no insurance, and it wasn't even her car, found the needle in the haystack and ran <laughs> at 40 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Uh, I know I shouldn't and, be laughing, but it's hilarious. <laughs> well, just his bad luck I, is... <laughs> you know, golly. I went underneath the car. Um, I don't... I, I, you don't have any idea what happens, you know, when it happens to you, it's just a flash, everything goes black and then you wake up and you're like, what just happened? And I woke up, I stood up and there's a car, you know, pretty much over my bike. And, uh, I'm like, what just happened? And I was feeling my head. I didn't think I forgot I had a helmet on. So I went to reach up for my head and, and realized, oh crap, I have my helmet on. And when I reached in the back of it, it was cracked. Like it, it looked like somebody hit it with a uh, a ball peen hammer or something just smashed it Dang. and uh, surprisingly i just had a puncture wound in the back <coughs> of the knee. um a couple little scrapes and bruises and 
That's yeah. it. I, I, it's a miracle, That's literally, uh, that I'm alive, uh, much less have almost no injuries from that accident. But <laughs> that you, was uh, back in February. Did you ever see um, the European vacation with uh, Chevy Chase? Oh, yeah. In, yeah. He, hits, he hits that guy on his bicycle. <laughs> and and the, it's like the bicycle's all mangled, and he's got like blood coming off of his legs and everything, and he just hops up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no problem, no problem. Oh, you Americans, no problem, no problem. We're, we're all good. Is that? What, did he just jump up? And... Well, sort of, but I don't know how long I was out because I think I was out because I, I I sort of woke up laying on my back. I don't think I was out out. I think I was just stunned and kind of shocked or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I stood up. You know, I saw the car and I could hear the girls, the windows were down in the car and they were yelling, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. So they were trying to run from the scene. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and that wagons. one, what's that? I said, they're jack wagons. Yeah. I actually text Shannon again. First person I talked to, I, I texted her and I said, hey, I've been in another accident, but don't worry. I'm actually fine this time. It's good. The, the medics here, check me out or whatever. And then I called my dad and uh, he came and picked up the the bike for me. Well, me and the bike and then he took me home and you know me and the took me and the bike home. So it's uh, yeah. Is this the bike I get to ride when I come down? <laughs> it is. I wouldn't if I were you, man. Oh, it's a death <laughs> trap. Here's the thing though, it's a beautiful bike. Ted built it. It's a it's an amazing fast little uh built off of a sportster um Paco frame. Um, but it's got all the bells and whistles in it, and it's it's a quick little thing. It must so be I'm a just, tank I'm kind of to be in two accidents and still survive. Yeah. So we're actually gonna I'm gonna keep that bike forever because um, another company we haven't talked about it's called the Gnarly Company um, that uh, myself and Ted and Sarah are a part of, and uh, I actually want to keep that bike because that's what kind of brought us together. And if if our company finds some major success or whatever, I just want to have that around as like a, a timepiece, you know? Okay. So well, let's, let's talk about that company uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, don't forget, sure. make a note. Matt, remind us. Is he still there? Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, those, those are the bike accidents and I'm the jack wagon and I just really wanted to clear that up for Shannon. Um, nobody else listening to this probably even cares, but uh, she deserves that, and so I just wanted to want to do that for her. Well, I mean, that's this is show. We're all about um, character <coughs> as well, and that shows a lot of character for you to come on and and do that. So we appreciate you doing that. I'm sure Shannon will too. So what about you, Ted? You got any jack wagons? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a pretty good story. Uh, over the weekend, um, our friend came down from Jacksonville. And uh, it was his birthday, so he asked if we want to go to Bush Gardens. And I said, yeah, man, sure. Like, we'll meet you over there, have a cool day, and get away from the shop for a little bit. Um, and Bush Gardens so, is a... Um, it's like an amusement park, amusement roller park, coasters, yeah. and all okay. that good stuff. Uh, but anyway, I guess that at some point, um, I have this really old wallet. It's, uh, I think it's more of a man thing. Like, you get attached to your wallet. More so when you lose it, it's hard to pick out a new one that's going to yeah. do the trick for you, you know? But anyway, I um, ended up losing my wallet and, um, you know, I was kind of thinking, I was like, hopefully somebody will turn it in and yeah, everything will be okay. But I also really want to ride some roller coasters and have a good day, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> come to find out, man, like, uh, I got hit for almost $2,000 in total. Them using my cards out of my wallet. Did I tell you about this, Chad? No. Okay. Wow. So I don't, you can edit this part out. I'll tell you the whole thing. Um, oh, let's hear it. So. 
Okay. Well, I got super pissed off, you know, and uh, I was trying to call the bank and you always get like somebody from India or something. <laughs> I can't understand them. They put you on hold. I'm like, I threw my sunglasses, my brand new coasters I bought. I threw those and pissed off, you know. Um, well, I finally got somebody on the phone and I know exactly where they took you know, the card. There's a little shopping class over in Wesley Chapel, Florida, and they have like a, a Calvin Klein and express, like all the big name fashion yeah. stores. And the lady was like about five minutes ago, they were at express. And, you know, five minutes before that they had, you know, $800 charge at Calvin Klein. Well, Sarah, I would say, I'd, I'd be like, I'm the, I can't say ass. I don't know if you can cuss on here. I'm the jack wagon, I guess. She ended up calming me down because on my bagger that Chad makes fun of me with, um, I always carry a ball peen hammer just in case. <laughs> and I wanted to go over there because I was like, you know, if you see somebody carrying all these bags, I want to go up and, hey, get my wallet back, you know. But, uh, she just wouldn't let me get on the bike at all. Smart. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I wanted to go over there because usually people don't, they think they won't get caught, but uh, – she talked me out of it, and uh, I'm rambling on. I'm new to this, man. I don't know. That's fine. Anyway, somebody, <laughs> somebody stole my wallet. He was the, the jack wagon. I'm the jack wagon for wanting to be a, an idiot trying to get take care of it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that. I don't know. Well, man, that's, that's, that's completely got, understandable, especially when they're that close, you know, and you're talking to your credit card company. They're like, five minutes ago, they were just right here. Yeah, I would have been out the yeah. door, too, man. I would have been out the door in a heartbeat. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Um Tracking them down, looking for somebody with a Calvin Klein bag and whatever else they had, you know. Yeah, um, I think it would say something smart. too if you I show up and smart. you're like, "Hey, you what?" I said, "I'm not saying that's a smart move, but I'm just saying that's instinct, you know. Just instinct kicks yeah. in, and sometimes uh, cooler heads don't prevail. But it's a good thing you had someone there to calm you down, bring you off the ledge." <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather be in trouble with the law than Sarah sometimes. I don't want her mad at me, you know. So, <laughs> so That's I had to a listen great to her. counterbalance to have right there, definitely. <laughs> no doubt. For about sure. It. So uh well, yeah, definitely that's a great jack wagon. I've got one here from one of our lead heads. Uh this is from Leadhead Jason Edgar. And I don't know if you guys are um familiar with this guy, his name is, I got too many tabs open, Sherrod Brown. He's a senator from Ohio. There's a state, says state rep, I think he's a senator. But anyway, uh, he's obviously an anti-gunner. And uh, there's been some forms and websites that you can go to to send in to your representatives and your senators to let them know. Um, we, you know, where you stand on all these laws and, and crap that they're trying to pass against our second amendment rights and, and gun control. So he got a response from this Sherrod Brown and I want to read the response here. So just bear with me for a second. It says, dear Mr. Edgar, thank you for getting in touch with me about firearm related legislation. I appreciate you sharing your views which we all know is a lie. Uh, <laughs> mass shootings in America have become far, it's mass shootings in America, have become far too common, including right here in Ohio and Dayton's Oregon <clears throat> district. I support passing common sense gun safety protection and look forward to working on passing gun safety measures 
during the 117th Congress. We cannot say we are doing what it takes to keep America safe till we pass reasonable laws which have broad bipartisan support among the public to keep weapons of war off our streets and guns out of the hands of terrorists and violent criminals. Uh, um. Wait, hold, hold comments because you're going to get, you're going to get even more fired up. There is much we can do to advance gun safety in the United States. I supported the original assault weapons ban in 1994. I voted to renew it after the Sandy Hook tragedy. And I've again joined as a co-sponsor of the assault weapons ban act of 2021. I am also a co-sponsor of legislation to close loopholes and our background check system so that people who buy guns on the internet or at gun shows have to go through the same background <coughs> checks as law-abiding gun owners who buy their guns at stores. And I supported the <coughs> and I supported the bipartisan Fix Nix bill which strengthened our background check system by requiring federal agencies to better report information to the National Instant criminal background check system, which is the NICS, to ensure that firearms do not end up in the hands of people who are a threat to safety of anyone. In addition, I have supported legislation to prevent those on the terrorist watch list from buying guns. Because if you're too dangerous to get on an airplane, you're too dangerous to buy a deadly weapon. Hold on. As a co-sponsor of the Gun Violence Prevention Research Act, I support repealing laws that prevent the Center for Disease Control and Prevention from conducting research on gun violence, the CDC, our, our friends for the COVID um, bullshit that's going on. The successful repeal of this prohibition is an important step forward for gun violence research, but there is still so much more we can do to decrease gun-related deaths. I have always respected the Second Amendment rights <clears throat> of hunters, collectors, and other law-abiding gun owners. Banning items like assault rifles and extended magazines does not unfairly infringe upon those rights. We'll pause there. Let that sink in. The, the singular purpose of these types of weapons uh, and accessories is clear cause the maximum amount of death and destruction as possible in the shortest period of time when americans are not safe in their schools movie theaters and houses of worship <coughs> it's clear something must be done to curb gun violence Unfor unfortunately far too long the gun lobby led by the national rifle association have prevented common-sense legislation on gun violence from being considered or passed by Congress. Nevertheless, despite their determination to stand in the way of safety measures, I will continue to fight for common-sense constitutional legislation that will protect our citizens from gun violence. While legislation alone will not prevent every shooting, common-sense changes will save lives and reduce the risk of future mass shootings. As firearm-related legislation comes before the Senate, I will keep your thoughts in mind. Thank you again for contacting me on this important issue. Sincerely, Sherrod Brown, United States Senator. 
so much in that. <laughs> that that guy's a dildo. No, 100%. no, no doubt about it. He is, but I mean, this is a canned response that all of these um, anti-gun Democrat liberals are sending out to their constituents in response to word for word, word for word. word. Guarantee it. Yeah, guarantee it's word for word. And if you go through that, and as uh, critical thinkers, which I know all of our lead heads are, it's just that that you you hear those the common sense. And, uh, you know, getting the CDC involved in, in this, and it's just ridiculousness, and it makes you want to, your head explode, and, um, but you still have to go through the motions, the steps, and you ha- still have to continue to send these letters, especially to people like this guy, uh, because yeah. they are not going to, you can see that he's not going to change his stance. <clears throat> on this he's he doesn't give a damn what you think uh and he's just going to continue to vote the way that he wants to so what are your thoughts on this i know ted was just bursting at the seams there he was ready to jump in <laughs> after the first sentence go ahead let him have it let loose uh, ted i'm letting you off the chain brother <laughs> pretend this is that shot man i <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with any of that at all. Because that's the thing, like you said, they always have like um, like this pre-written response, whether it be like if you're corresponding with them through email or even on the phone, I feel like they got not a teleprompter, but they're like, okay, so this and this, okay, I got to give them this response. From, like, you know, yep. A through D, they got like four got different their responses. They've their already, key phrases, their key yeah. words, you know, common sense. You see that but, common yeah, sense they, legislation. The common sense this and common sense that it's I don't know what what more they can do to make uh, try to keep the hands or the the guns out of the hands of criminals and stuff because we do have gun policies in place when you go to purchase one that's that's about as thorough as you can get man if you don't pass it you don't pass it if you do you do criminals are always going to get weapons no matter what and people's you know, mental always mental state are going to change too daily daily people what does the cdc have to do with it man i don't i don't get that at all well because they consider you know mental health and disease and you know this is a disease so if they get it under that then they can they have more grounds to impose laws that we can't battle that don't have to go through legislation or voting just like just like the covid because it's considered a health risk now well, they can me, impose that's just gov- government overreach, man. That's going way but too that's, far. But that's this is the tools they're using. You have to understand that this is their weapon. Now they figured out how to circumvent the legality and the voting and you know the popular vote is let's just make it a health issue, and then they can automatically impose these. You know, like the COVID is a they can what is it calling it a crisis a uh, outbreak what is it pandemic pandemic they could they could realistically they could say that gun violence is a pandemic they already are they have been. it is a pandemic but well, it's no, only a pandemic in the areas but if they no get it under this if they get it under the cdc which is what they're trying to do and this is something that the cdc can control then they can come in and say this is a pandemic and we don't need to go through the normal channels to impose these laws we can enforce it on it we can mandate this stuff like they're doing with covid just yeah. like they're doing with covid let me ask you a question, Marty. Yeah. Uh, or, so, common sense gun laws. That's that's the 
number one slogan that comes up in these anti-gunners um, in their talking points and their scripts and whatever. Let me let's ask the leadheads how many just federal, how many federal gun laws are on the books? Numerous. You know? It's over three hundred. I was going to say a thousand <clears throat> at least, but yeah. Now these are laws that the federal government wrote. Which ones of those three hundred and forty laws, or however many they are, which ones are not common sense? Like, so those three hundred and some odd laws, they don't have any common sense at all. We need new ones that have, right? Yeah, but and if we you... need, we need. Hold on, we need better background checks. Uh, I don't. That goes to the FBI. What what other background check do you need? CDC. Is the CDC going to become an agency now that that implements laws? Are they a law enforcement agency? Um, are they uh, are they part of the executive branch now? Are they part of the, what are what are they? What's the CDC? All CDC does is recognize diseases. That's it. They have no power whatsoever to legislate anything, or they have no power to uh, oversee any sort of law enforcement. Role. They do it's have the power to designate something as a pandemic, and under their under their uh, jurisdiction, oh, oh, it, no, it, they don't. They do not have any power. They can call it a pandemic. They can say it's a pandemic. They can't do anything about the pandemic. No, All they do no, is no. recognize. Listen to me, though. the The government listens to them, and they take their suggestions, and they say because the CDC says this, then we are saying this. And that's well, no, why they want to get gun control under the CDC is because then they can consider it a health pandemic, a health <clears> issue. Yeah, of course. Well, they're not good at taking care of anything when it comes to like public health for the CDC because, you know, obesity, it's a pandemic because people are fat. You know what I mean? That hasn't been solved yet. Mental illness, you can't solve that. Drug you know, addiction. There's a lot of things. Yeah, they haven't been able to solve anything. So they go ahead and they push this over to the CDC with the, the gun control being a uh, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? Nothing. We're gonna I agree get a bunch with you guys, but this is, this is their angle, and this is why they're doing it. This is why they want to bring the CDC into this. I know what you're saying, but think about this. How many people um, die from alcoholism every year? How many people die from drunk driving every year? You can still go down to the local grocery store and buy as much beer and alcohol as you want. And the CDC, they ain't saying anything about that at all. And it's that alcoholism, that is a mental issue. <clears throat> people have serious mental problems and that's why they turn to those things drugs and alcohol or whatever but the cdc isn't isn't forcing the government or um or trying to encourage the government to mandate stuff you know laws to close down bars um other than covid but the government Um, uses the cdc as an excuse to do things when they that's you're exactly right and that's my point the firearms thing and there's no there's no pandemic it's not an epidemic. It's not a pandemic. It's not a demic of any no, kind. It's not. When you, compare the, when you compare the numbers to people, like I said, just for instance, super simple that are that die from alcoholism every year, or heart disease, or some other, or yeah. some mental illness. Well, the COVID wasn't a pandemic either. If you look at the numbers and you look at the the statistics on uh, the percentage of people that it affects and the people that it kills, it's like a point zero something more than the normal flu it's, yeah it's in the flu's never been uh labeled a pandemic it's just hey it's flu season you know, there's right. gonna be people that get sick and there's gonna be people that die because we don't have a every, cure for the common cold you know every year 
But yep. for some reason, whatever their reasons are, and I, they're becoming more and more prevalent every day, they they designated this as a pandemic. The COVID. It's control. It's, it's control, control exactly. Thing, and this is how they're going to control our firearms without us being able to do a damn thing about it, is they're going to get it under a pandemic, some sort of a pandemic. They're going to get the CDC to back them up with it with their bullshit research and their their um, studies, and boom, there we go. They've yeah, gone through the back door. Have you seen what's going on down in uh, Australia lately with all this? Oh too? my gosh, Australia is ridiculous. Yeah, man. man, that's if if we lose our guns, that's what we're facing, and you don't want that. Nobody wants that, you know. Yeah. So that's a great um, jack wagon there from Jason Edgar, and I've got a a link here, and I'll put this in a show notes too. Um, let me share my screen. Uh, screen share. Uh, this came from a Gun Owners of America um, post that they did. National Alerts, Gun Control, and Bernie Sanders Budget Resolution. And this is what that guy was responding to. Jason had gone on here and filled out this. Um, it's a, like a pre-canned message that will automatically go out. And, um, and you guys can still go there. And it says, the message body, Gun Owners of America has informed me that the House will be voting on a $3.5 trillion anti-gun budget resolution soon. The Biden administration has been using funds appropriated for COVID, see, relief and community violence intervention initiatives in the American Rescue Plan to fund anti-gun agenda. Recently, after meeting with the White House about the insane crime rate in New York City, Mayor elect Eric Adams bragged about using federal aid to rebuild New York's anti-gun unit. This is not acceptable. The uh, SCON Res 14 includes funding for more community violence intervention programs, and that's why I need you to vote no on the budget resolution before we send our tax dollars, uh, spend our tax dollars on more federal gun control enforcement. Until the Biden administration can prove that community violence intervention funding is not misused to fund gun control and is only used for honest police work, gun owners must oppose these anti-gun slush funds. As your constituent, I am asking you to vote against the gun control contained in Senator Bernie Sanders' $3.5 trillion budget resolution. Gun owners of America will inform me how you vote. So I don't see anything wrong with us having pre-canned uh, responses to their responses, but yet when you send stuff like this, uh, they tend to ignore it and discard it. But you guys can go to uh, gunownersofamerica.com. This is here, and you can still send this to your uh, representatives, senators. Um, or if you want to compose your own and just use that as a base, I highly recommend that you do that. Uh, but you have to inundate these politicians and let them know where you stand. Chad, you still there? Chad, Chad, you still there? Hey, Chad. I'm listening to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't normally get on my soapbox about box about this stuff, but that letter from from that guy yeah. just really fired me up. And you can send him if you're in Ohio. You're a listener. I'm getting feedback from somebody. Sorry, I had to. My headphones, I'd have to charge them. Okay. 
Sherard Brown, his email address, senator underscore brown at brown.senate.gov for our leadhead listeners that are in Ohio. And then to get your uh, senator, your representatives, you can go online and you can look up and and see who they are. Uh, But Jason did a really good job on his response. I'm not going to read his response, uh, but it was very detailed and, and well thought out. So there you go. Jack wagon material. Big time. So let's counter this with some heroes. And my hero is Jason Edgar and all you lead heads uh, that take the time to contact your uh, local representatives, your politicians, and let them know where you stand as far as uh, gun control goes. And all these little, like like you said, they, they sneak in gun control and all these these uh, bills that they propose. There's always something to do with anti-gun, uh, gun control that's not even related to that, like the COVID, you know, this funding for COVID. They snuck in some gun control there. Uh. So pay attention, be alert, and, uh, and uh, we'll get through uh. this. All right, so let's talk about some more heroes. I've got a, a Leadhead-nominated hero here that we're going to talk about. And this comes cool. from Leadhead Kenneth H. McGee. <laughs> I like that last name. McGee. Yeah. Bobby McGee. We've got a little Kenny McGee here. He said, I'm sure there's lots of heroes uh, from that day. Just wanted to highlight one of them. Such a tragic event, but like always, random acts of kindness by individuals show us there is still good in the world. And what he's referring to is here in Tennessee, we had some uh, major floods in the west part of Tennessee. And I think the last count I heard was like 18 people died. Um, just some really bad uh, flooding that, that was going on. And luckily in our area, we didn't get the uh, get that flooding. But we've had it here before. Flooded all Nashville. It wiped out Opryland at one point wow. several years ago. Um, but this comes from, looks like Fox... It says, Nashville helicopter pilot saves a dozen people trapped on roofs in Waverly floods. A Nashville helicopter pilot saved a dozen people trapped on roofs or at their homes during catastrophic flooding in Humphreys County over the weekend. And it all started with one phone call from a woman who was calling random helicopter companies desperate to find someone to save the lives of her brother and his children. Joel... Joel... Boyers, the owner of Hellastar Aviation, answered the call as devastating floods took a 10-mile path of destruction in the county. Wow. Just as I popped over the hill, I saw the whole town engulfed in water. There were two houses on fire, fire trucks everywhere, Boyer said. And there's a video here. You can go to Fox 17, WZTV Nashville. I'm sure you probably Google this, too. Um there's actually somebody got a video of him coming down on these these rooftops, these houses, getting as close as he can, and he, you know, actually just landing on the edge of them and getting people into his helicopter. Uh, there's video posted on YouTube and Facebook shows the moment flood victims found salvation in the storm of a bright red helicopter flying to save the day. The pilot behind the helicopter is Joel. Says he got a call from the woman. He was, she was distraught and crying, saying her brother and his two daughters were trapped on their roof. When he got to town, a boy first zeroed in on two men sitting on a roof. 
navigated his chop his uh, chopper, different kind of chopper than what we're going to talk about today, uh, through power lines and debris hovering close enough uh, for them to step in. So, yeah, you guys can go read the rest of that story there, but yeah, definitely a hero. Um, nice. And helicopters in Waverly County, I mean, that's not like a Humphreys County, that's not a big county. It's lucky huh. she found somebody, but yeah, this guy was awesome. He just took his uh, his helicopter and saved lives. See, I, I wish I had skills like that, you know? I wish I could fly a chopper because... They're good for a lot of things, especially when, in situations like that, man. And if you can just buzz around and save people, what a what an honor that would be, you know? This is the guy here. That's Joel. And uh, you guys can watch the video there. But the, the helicopter, here's the helicopter. It's one of those old, old school looking helicopters, see? It's cool, yeah. I mean, hey, it's all you need, right? <laughs> just something that'll... Yeah. Fly in and fly out. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he's he's definitely a hero. But you can tell this guy's skill too. The way he was, because he's he's landing on the roofs, but he's not putting the pressure. You know, because that wouldn't support yeah. the the weight of a helicopter. These roofs wouldn't. And I can't. Can I make it bigger? Here's a little bit bigger. Look, can you see that? Yeah. Now, see so there, he landed in front of that house. Yeah. But there, there was a picture of him like landing like on the roof line of one of them. That's so cool. Yeah. Especially if there's any crosswind. And I mean, obviously they're in some sort of a storm, so I'm sure he was fighting wind. Yeah, look at the wind. Oh yeah. Like, well, that's from his from that's his from props, but blades. But yeah, you can see on the water too the ripples. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. So he's fighting wind too. So that's that's a talented pilot. So there you go. Welcome to the Leadhead Brigade, Lead Force One, Joel Boyers. And if you're listening, Joel, get in touch with me, talkingletgmail.com, and uh, we'll send you some cool swag. Or if any of you listeners know how to get in touch with uh, Joel, we'll send him some Leadhead Brigade stuff. We'll send him some cool swag, too. Okay, there you go. What about you? You got any heroes? Heroes. Anybody come to mind? You know, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to anything media-related lately or whatever. Um, you know, uh, my heroes are always the uh, men and women in uniform, our war fighters overseas. I pretty much say it every single time you ask me, but yeah, they're my heroes, you know. They're, Can't say it know, enough. Protecting what's left of our freedoms anyway. And... Uh, also, the men and women that you know that uh, that are still hitting hitting the streets and law enforcement after all the stuff they've been through the last few years, uh, they're still out there grinding. They're still out there, you know, making sure uh, laws are enforced and you know keeping criminals at bay, you know, as best they can with the tools they got. And uh, they're definitely heroes to me. There you go. In our last episode, we had uh, Sheepdog Impact Assistance on. We talked about their climb up Mount Kilimanjaro they took 12 veterans um, I think four or five of them were disabled veterans and one of them only he didn't have leg he was a double leg amputee and he wow. he climbed it on his fist wow yeah I mean he was only That's... able to go so far he, he didn't make it to the top but 
Uh, <laughs> all he had was gloves, you know, those padded, extra padded gloves. Yeah. Um, that was it. Oh, looks like we got Ted back. Welcome back, Ted. So we did it. We did our heroes. We did some heroes. Do you have a hero? Anybody no. you want to recognize is doing something outstanding? Not right. No, 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 no. Skip that one off. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. No biggie. All right. So let's let's move on to our main topic. We're going to talk about motorcycles, Chad and Ted. You guys are the yeah. experts on this. I've got very little uh, experience with motor motorcycles. I had some earlier, you know, when I was younger. I used to own, uh, like when I was a teenager, my very first, I guess, motorcycle would be like, a, it was a three-wheeler. It was a Honda Big Red three-wheeler. I was probably like 12 years old or something like that. So with motorized uh, off-road vehicles, that was probably my first experience. Had a great time. Uh, and then I kind of graduated up to, what uh, are those, the YZ80, the Yamaha YZ80s dirt bikes those things are just that was my first bike those things are hellacious i love that thing it would flat out get it too (laughs) there was no stopping that thing for quick Uh -uh. yeah they were fast turn on a dime yeah you probably only weigh about 30 pounds when you're on it too so (laughs) yeah yeah you don't weigh much um i was probably 15 or so when i when i got that uh, and then in my 20s, my late 20s, mid-late 20s, I had a Honda Shadow. It's like a 1997 Honda Shadow uh, 1100 Spirit. There's guys that love building choppers and bobbers out of those things. Yeah, I've seen some cool mod, uh, mod bikes out of those. Uh, mine was yeah, just a standard. Easy to- yeah, the one I had was just a standard um, model. But, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Big heavy bike. Actually, I got it from a buddy who had laid it down. He just bought it. And uh, he pulled out of his driveway, and he laid it down as he was pulling out of his driveway. And he just got scared after that. And just like, I got rid of this thing. <laughs> I got a really good deal on it. <laughs> nice. That's pretty funny. Um, but I don't think I've ever talked motorcycles on this, this show before. So that's kind of why I want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, and your recent trip, Chad, to Sturgis, because that's something that I've always wanted to go to, too, even though I'm not a biker uh, these days. You know what? Um, you don't have to be to enjoy Sturgis. Um, there's so much to do there. Uh, it, you, you could probably go for you probably go for five years in a row and still not do and see everything. Um, it, it's it's definitely a, a sight to see, <laughs> for sure, uh, even if you don't have a bike. Um, obviously, having a motorcycle um, and riding up through the Black Hills uh, is, you know, one of the most exhilarating things that, you you know, motorcyclists can do. There's only so many places in the country that are that beautiful. But, you know, you could probably enjoy it just as well in a Jeep with the top down, you know. So, yeah, but then uh, you, you know it it's kind of takes away from that whole Sturgis experience because everybody else there's got the big you know the bikes and yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's there's uh, they said there was close to or maybe even a little more than a million people there in Sturgis this year. Oh uh, wow! 
Yeah, and uh, you know, ninety nine percent of those people are on motorcycles. So, and uh, if that tells you anything, it's it's fun. Uh, I thought it was going to be super crowded, um, like or even too crowded, um, but it actually turned out to be an amazing trip as far as the rides go. Um, we got to go, and I didn't get to see everything this year. Like I said, you could go for five years in a row and still not, you know, get to everything. But yeah. um, there was a couple places I wanted to get back to, uh, so I did that. Uh, there's a waterfall there; it's very important to me. So went and did that. Stood in the waterfall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Naked? No, no, they no. It's too many. Requires yeah, people around. So the water's cold. So uh, yeah, I don't want to. No, that, that, that is one of the things Sturgis is is famous for. It's kind of like New Orleans Mardi Gras. There's a lot of tops yeah. coming off. <laughs> Actually, you'd you'd be very well either surprised or disappointed, however you look at it. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not what you think it is. Uh, a lot of people think that it's just like an all out insane party of just craziness. And there there is a campground I've heard about. One of the campgrounds that's it's pretty wild. Nobody sleeps there and there's kind of no rules sort of thing. Um, but that's just one small campground. All the other campgrounds, there's, you know, there's, there's rules you live by. And most of the people that go are, um, you know, retirement age and, uh, they're just there in their RVs. They bring their motorcycle, they ride to the mountains. It's not, it's not like some crazy nonstop party, uh, that you would think it is, uh, tons and tons of entertainment, uh, you know, bands, really good bands, national acts, um, tons of vendors. Obviously, the whole place is nothing but restaurants and bars. Um, so, you know, it's it's fun for that, but you're not going to see a bunch of naked people running around. It's, uh, in fact, at my campground, it's almost like family affair. You know, so that might sound boring to some people, but to me, it was great. Well, like um, you said, with you know a million people that town alone couldn't hold a million people. So it's got to be spread out to it several is. other cities and towns and probably even states um, to, to hold that many people. And compared to last year, what they say they had last, they only had like a couple hundred thousand last year, maybe even less than that. No, it was 480,000. Well, last year, I don't know, COVID year. It, yeah, it was probably small, but the year before that I went, it was 480,000. Yeah. So more than double uh, yeah. in, in less than a year. Well, what happened, what happened was uh, COVID year, 2020, was supposed to be the 80th anniversary. And anniversary years always bring out a million or more people. And since there was COVID and not many people went, uh, they kind of made up for it uh, this past year, the, the 81st. So um, that's why there were so many people uh, at Sturgis this year. But again, it wasn't too crowded. It's not dangerous whatsoever. Um, everyone is pretty much... Um, self-controlled and self-policed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that the police really do in service is write tickets and create revenue. That's it. But they rarely show up for fights. I mean, two years in a row, I've been around, you know, 100,000 people or whatever at my, you know, off and on at my campsite or whatever. I never saw a single fist fight, not even really an argument, not even at any of the concerts and stuff or any of the bars. So it's... uh you know, it's a good, you know, safe place to go if you uh, you want to just go and like have an awesome vacation, you know, and, and experience uh, the western, you know, northern western part of the states. It's just it's beautiful up there. It's all 
the plains, you know, the, you got the wide open plains and you got also mountains and like I said, waterfalls and there's mountain lakes and there's all kinds of stuff to do there. Well, that's the thing so, with motorcycles too. And, and you can do this. You don't have to just go to Sturgis. There's lots of places in the United States that you can experience, you know, that, that type of scenery and, and, and thrill. But that's the whole experience of the motorcycle that you don't get in the, you know, the moving coffins, the, you know, yeah, that's true. the vehicles yeah. is, there, unless you're like in a Jeep that you can pop the top or something like that. But even then it's still a completely different experience than sure. on a bicycle. You know, it's, it's something bicycle, that doesn't really get brought up a lot. Um, but since we are in the, in the firearms industry, um, I don't think it's really any surprise to most people, but every single person you talk to there, um, they want to they want to talk guns and bikes that's it and there's uh there's open ranges there they kind of go, go hand in hand you know go shoot guns uh, a lot of people you know they wear cuts you know vests with patches on them and almost every single cut you see says something about the second amendment um you know something about conservatism or whatever so it's just i mean literally a million like-minded people you know showing up in a town uh that's spread out over about maybe 10 miles you know 10 square miles or whatever uh, so they're packed in there. So the people aren't, they're not staying in other states, you know, in, you know, other cities outside of Sturgis. That's all in Sturgis at all the campgrounds. So um, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool thing to experience. Like the whole time I was there, I never heard the word COVID. I never heard the words Joe Biden. I didn't hear anything about politics. I'm completely out of the loop. You did on the news though. If <laughs> if you weren't there and you, and you had the, the news on, that's all they were talking about or, Oh, sure. this, this Sturgis is going to be a super spreader. Blah, blah, blah. I can't believe the irresponsibility of all these these Bubba Trump supporters. Well, guess what? Uh, I don't know anybody that was there that got sick. And I had uh, probably 20 to 25 friends that were, were at Sturgis that go every year. I, you know, I see them. I've seen them a couple of years in a row now. Like uh, one of them is a good friend of mine who actually introduced me to the people at Vortex. He lives in Wisconsin. He goes and brings his whole, you know, his whole band of uh, brothers over there, and uh, no, no, nobody got sick, you know, no problems, no issues. Um, so well, that's the thing, you know, they you don't hear a, about crime there, like you said, you don't hear about gun violence, even though you know the majority of those people are packing, they are carrying, yeah, uh, they are freedom, you know, they're freedom lovers, you know, they yeah, may so not be. They you might not even be Republicans or right wing. They could be left wing supporter of freedom lovers. Sure, you have you've got the media and and uh, and celebrities and all this other stuff, and then you have reality. And I spent you know eight nine days in the reality. Yeah. So I didn't even know what the media was saying about any of this stuff or what was going on, and nobody cared. We don't. That's the thing about conservatives. We don't we don't care what they say about if us. If anybody because, wanted true data and information, you know, all these pollsters, these people that do the polls, that take the polls, that would have been a great place for them to go and get more than their normal, like, oh, I polled 500 people, and right. of those, the majority was this. So that means the majority of America feels this way. Well, no, that's that's bullshit. Yeah, but they don't. It's all about narrative, and we all know that by now. Sure. Sure, and that would have been a great narrative for our side to go up there and start polling and taking, you know, taking the heartbeats of America. Sure. Here's the thing about our side, though: we live in the actual reality, so we don't 
we're, we're not concerned about what their polls say. We're not concerned about what they talk about in the media. We don't. I I don't care about that. It's not reality. It's entertainment. Right. And they're entertaining. They're entertaining people that buy into the fear and they buy into all that stuff because it's, you know, by nature people are 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 drawn to drama. You know, like you don't see any TV shows that are all about you know happiness all the time you know what i mean it's all it's all drama you know and so that's what mama, they're attracted to. Mama this drama. Is just, yeah this is just an extension of that and it's all about you know controlling the narrative and controlling the way people think yeah but so we, but we have to be concerned with what they think and and what they're doing because they they are impacting us as the majority we've turned our our, our the other cheek too long we've let them get away with too much Give them a little bit here. Give them a little bit here. It'll shut them up to where we've given them too much to where, you know, it's going to be too much for us to turn around at some point. Well, it's, we're already there in a lot of ways. Well, but um, We are, but it's never too late. So no, and it's time that's, to start pushing back. Well, it's, it's, it's actually never going to be too late because eventually this turns into a revolution. We've seen that in our history many times. We have. And... And so, in other cultures it, too. Yeah, nobody wants that, you know. I mean, there are stupid people out there that are, you know, sitting there in their gear waiting for, you know, to be an infidel and go fight the government or whatever. But, you know, we're not called to do that. We're called to be peaceful, freedom-loving Americans. And if we can do it, you know, democratically um, and politely, then we will, you know. And that's you're, you're absolutely right. We need to write our senators. We need to um, constantly. Uh, support gun rights organizations and organizations that support uh, conservatism and freedom, you know, and support the Constitution, first of all. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where the fight lies for us. Um, you know, they keep trying to pick this physical fight. You know, they have been for the last uh, year and a half, two years now, and we can't bite on that. A lot longer than know? that, but yeah, definitely. So, But this is how you do it. You get out and you exercise your rights. You exercise your freedom. You go to Sturgis. You get on your bike. You carry your gun with you. Uh, and that's how you combat this. Exactly. You just live like a free American that you are. Simple. And, and there's nothing freer than the motorcycle, being on the motorcycle. The ultimate symbol of freedom is, is that two-wheel machine. I tell you what, man, it's definitely some therapy uh, to it. You know, ask you know, ask Ted. Like you're having a, just even having a bad day, and you just fire your bike, go for a short ride, and you kind of, or a long ride, and you can kind of get all that stuff released. It's it's weird. I mean, yeah. I just thought it was, you know, I, um, I didn't really think that was a thing, you know. And then, you know, I started doing it. And I'm like. Man, if I just get on my bike and I ride over to the beach after a bad day or I'm stressed about something, when, by the time I get home, I'm ready for dinner. Everything's cool. It's, it's a nice weird. release. Yeah. Yeah. So what about what about you, Ted? What got you involved? How did you get uh, involved with motorcycles? And you're muted right now. Let me unmute you. Hold on. No, you got to unmute yourself. There we are. There you go. Yeah, I started. Uh, I started riding bikes, man. I think I was four or five years old. I started off on a little PW50, and um, yeah, I raced dirt bikes when I was younger and growing up. And then uh, I don't know. It just started from a young age. I, I was in the sport bikes for a while, but 
Uh, I don't think they're they're dumb, but you get a little bit older and you just slow down a little bit. And uh, I ended up building building my first Harley, and I thought it was super cool, man. You know, being able to create something with your own hands that nobody else has the exact bike that you have. Yeah, hold on, just a second. My bad. Locking people out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, being able to create something with your hands that nobody else has it just appeals to me, and I, I still like doing that to this day. Um, I just, you know, kind of. And that's a whole other aspect of, of bike owning is building your own bikes. You know, and we'll we'll talk about that too a little bit. We'll, we'll, di- we'll dive into that. Uh, but you said you started when you were about four or five years old on a little dirt bike, and just eventually kind of kind of worked your way up from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. What about uh, you, Chad? What? Uh, when did you originally get into the fever for bikes? As you know, I was born and raised here in Florida, and uh, I'm only about 45 minutes south of Daytona. And um, when I was a kid, my dad used to, um, same thing, he used to chop up and build. Uh, he was into metric bikes, so he really loved the, K- the Kawasaki's, the KZ900s and 1000s. And so uh, he always had engine parts all kinds of stuff you know on the kitchen table trying to make them go faster the whole goal was just to make stuff faster and and that's you know that's a a lot of uh, uh that's like a a thing in motorcycling for a lot of people most people so you buy something it's just like when we buy ars you know if you buy a stock ar you put a trigger in it you put a nice safety and you know put sights on it so it's kind yeah. of the same thing you know you make build it to your make own. yeah and so he you know he did um he did all that when I was just a kid, you know, six, seven years old, eight years old. And uh, and then I got into riding, same thing, pretty similar path, riding dirt bikes. Um, I rode uh, at a YZ80, had a couple different dirt bikes, uh, you know, end up with some 125s um, when I got a little bit older and stuff. And, uh, and then I got, uh, I got into soccer really heavy. <laughs> So I started playing soccer, which is weird. And most people don't know that about me. It's kind of a weird thing. But I won't hold that against you, but I will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started playing soccer and baseball, and I just my interest in bikes just kind of went away, and you know ended up, you know, parents probably ended up selling the, uh, the bikes, and um, and then I came back to it, um, fairly recently, probably uh, I'd say six, about six years ago. Um, just before I met Ted, and um, it's turned into this uh, Harley obsession and Chopper obsession, and uh, so uh, yeah, man, I'm into it. And I probably kind of like uh, any hobby, you know, it starts off, and the more you get into it, then it becomes more than a hobby, it becomes an obsession. <laughs> it kind of yeah, it kind of does because there's there's an art, and Ted can attest to this. There's an art form to it, you know, and like he said, you want to build your bike up um you have your inspirations but you know once you finish your bike it's your own you know it's got there's different components on it that make it your own uh the way the stance you know what type of motor it has in it and uh you know even what kind of sissy bar seat and handlebars are on it you know like you kind of want those things to be uh custom tailored to you uh, not only for necessarily comfort but just the way it looks you know make it different than everybody else's bike yeah so um Another thing that I want to talk about, and we'll get into talking about your your custom bikes. Uh, definitely want to hear about those. Sure. Is um, you know this we do talk firearms here, so 
when you guys are riding your bikes, and especially when you're going on long trips like Sturgis, um, your your carriers, your concealed carriers, you've got your license. I guess they require that in Florida. Uh, in Tennessee, yeah. we just became um, a, a constitutional carry state. Um, but I, I had my license before then. But as you're traveling to different states, especially on a, a motorcycle, you've got different things that you want to consider than if you're in a vehicle, if you're in a car or a truck, you know, a, yep. a covered vehicle. Um, let's talk about when you're traveling, how you how you carry and some tips and tricks that our listeners can can use and things they need to think about. Sure. It's just like uh, I consider carrying on a motorcycle the same I would consider carrying in the mall. Um, you should definitely have it on your person and not, you know, not on the bike. And uh, I have the perfect example of why. Um, when I went down um, a couple of years ago in that accident I was telling about, my, my, uh, I had my uh, Glock 19 actually in a carry bag that was strapped to the sissy bar of the bike. Now, when I went down, I didn't even know where I was. And my bag could have flown off and gone anywhere. And anybody at the scene of that accident could have picked that bag up and had my Glock 19. You know, so um, that's one instance. Another thing is, um, you know, if you park your bike somewhere and you go inside a building and your gun's on your bike, you know, who's to say somebody can't just snatch the bungee cord right off or, you know, open up your saddle bag or whatever and, uh, and you know, have your, have your gun. And, and this is where criminals get guns and go shoot people. And that's when the media blames the gun issue on us, you know, so don't be that person that keeps something in your vehicle or on your vehicle, no matter what it is, uh, and make it vulnerable for theft. So when, uh, you carry riding, um, you know, try to keep it holstered and they make, um, you know, if, if you've got a, some cooler weather, you know, down here in Florida, it's really difficult because we can't always wear leather. Um, because it gets to be hundred degrees and 80% humidity or whatever, you're not going to wear it's a leather jacket, yeah. no matter, you know, how short your ride is. So, but, um, uh, in a lot of places in the country, especially in the cooler, um, weather, uh, days, there are jackets specifically made and, uh, vests specifically made for concealed carry. Uh, those are options. Um, the other option is to also just carry it, you know, like you normally would in your holster, um, in your pants, you know, just make sure you've got something that's comfortable. So there's, so a ton of options, but just like anywhere else, man, you always want to keep your keep your firearm on you. If you're legally able to carry. Correct. Yeah. If you're traveling over state lines, uh, that's where it gets uh, sticky. So you have to know your laws, first of all. Um, the last thing you want to do is get pulled over with an illegal firearm is, you know, whatever state you're in, which to me, and I know the listeners think the same thing, is utterly ridiculous. If you're in America, you should be able to carry your firearm wherever you want to go. Uh, but the laws are the laws, so... Yeah. Um, Try, try, to try that in New York. Try that in Washington, D.C. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Not yeah. So fly. you need to avoid that. However, um, if you are going on a long trip, and this is more of like a camping uh, moto trip type thing where you're not going to be without your bag, um, you're not going to be without your gun the whole time, um, we, Caltech, we have uh, some options for you, and uh, other companies do, but the KSG and the KS7 are very short, compact, you know, high-capacity shotguns um, that will easily fit in a sissy bar bag um, on a bike, like the kind of bikes that you know Ted and I ride, you know, choppers and stuff. Uh, so if you are, you know, doing some moto camping and you need that sort of protection, those are 50-state legal firearms. So it doesn't matter if you cross state lines; 
you're perfectly safe, perfectly legal. Because it's a shotgun. So, yeah, completely loaded shotgun. And especially if you're out west and you're and you set up camp, you know, you're going to need something protection for, um, you know, possibly bears, you know, uh, and other dangerous animals and stuff too. So yeah. it's not just about protection against bad guys. And typically you're not going to encounter bad guys when you're out on like, you know, open road and you're just, you know, stopping at campsites and stuff. Um, but you but, never uh, know. You just never know. Sure. You never know. You know and uh, that's why we carry guns. So absolutely. Uh, KSG, K7 are great for that. Um, if it is legal, um, in the states that you're going into and you want something a little more firepower, the sub 2000 is awesome because you can fold that up and you can stick it in a saddlebag. Um, you can put it in a sissy bar bag. It's pretty, pretty easy to conceal, um, you know, but just make sure that, you know, you've got the, the legal magazine uh, limit for whatever state you're going in and uh, make sure that you're able to have a concealed long gun um, in your saddlebag or whatever. But yeah, so those, you know, just a handful of options. But as far you know, you know the RDBs are also compact. Um, that's true. Uh, as I, compact I as the the KSG or the the uh, KS sevens. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so for a sissy bar bag that you know we carry, um, you know, like our tent roll and stuff, you you definitely fit one of those in there as well. Yeah. Um, you can low profile one with a maybe a small red dot. And uh, but again, you got to know the state's laws that you're going through and. Uh, if you're going to carry it on your person, you know, Absolutely. And, and you got to yeah. look at the definition of carrying on your person, carrying versus transporting. Those are two yeah. different things. Also, the federal yeah. government protects you against transporting uh, your firearms and they've got specific um, rules, law. There's a law specifically that addresses and protects you when you're going through these states um, when transporting. Um, yeah, the firearm, and I'm trying to find it here. I've got it right here. So it says, uh, this is Title 18, Section 926A, the Peaceable Journey Act is what it's called. Under Part 1, Chapter 44, the Federal Code provides that notwithstanding any other provision of any law or any rule or regulation of a state or any political subdivision thereof, any person who is not otherwise prohibited by this chapter from transporting, shipping, or receiving a firearm shall be entitled to transport a firearm for any lawful purpose from any place where he may lawfully possess and carry such firearm to any other place where he may lawfully possess and carry such firearm if during such transportation the firearm is unloaded and neither the firearm nor any ammunition being transported is readily accessible or is directly accessible from the passenger compartment of such transporting vehicle, provided that in the case of a vehicle without a compartment separate from the driver's compartment, the firearm or ammunition shall be contained in a locked container other than the glove compartment or console. So that's the federal uh, kind of statute law that, that they have in place for transporting. So... But if you have, like we were talking earlier, if you have your permit or you're, you're lawfully legal to carry in the state uh, that, you're, that you're leaving from, you can have that on your person, but at the same time, you still have to check each state's carry law uh, and what their requirements are. So the magazine capacity comes into consideration. The type of gun that you have comes into consideration. 
you know, all those from state to state. Otherwise, you know, if, if no. the state's got a, a law or provision there that you don't want to deal with, don't go through that state. <laughs> Circumvent it. Yeah. Avoid it. Taking pictures? <laughs> yep. Uh, but there are different, like you said, there are different different ways. So if you do carry, you could carry in the waistband, out of the waistband. There are, I've seen rigs set up, like you said, where people have kind of like Terminator. They've got holsters on their, their hood areas uh, where they can reach up and, and get their guns. Side saddlebags, side holsters, uh, shoulder rigs, chest rigs. You know, there's all kinds of different ways that you could carry on your person. There's even manufacturers that make uh, clothing specific for motorcycle riders that have compartments in the, the clothing itself for you to uh, to carry your firearms. And then, of course, as you were saying, bags. There are, there are uh, spe- specifically designed bags, backpacks, things like that that you could also uh, invest in for for your firearm if you're traveling on a motorcycle. Yep. Lots of different options. Yep. Did you have anything to add there, Ted? Do you I carry? carry it in my bag most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and what kind of bag do you have? Uh, I got a, a Harley Davidson Street Life. <laughs> I carry it in my saddlebags is where I carry it. Uh, I found on the bike, I like to appendix carry when I do carry. Uh, but still to this day, I haven't found a, a holster that when I sit on the bike, it doesn't dig into my gut. Um, it's not comfortable. Yeah, I'd like to get a uh, like a shoulder rig, a holster set up, but I haven't got around to it yet. So. <laughs> I haven't got around to it. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. I spent all my money on motorcycle parts, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm can you know I carry appendix uh, for the most part, and I, I would see where carrying appendix on a motorcycle might be very uncomfortable, especially depending on the style bike that you have. So let's talk yeah. about, let's talk about you guys uh, as you both are into the custom bike building. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess you've probably been in it longer than Chad, Ted. A little bit. Yeah. So talk about, so I'm going to compare it to a gun. So when I build an AR, you know, there's certain parts that I want to have and components that I want to have in the rifle that I'm building. I assume mm-hmm. it's going to be the same way with, with a bike. If you're not making your own frame, you're going to want to go buy, you know, the frame, which I would call the receiver. Um, mm-hmm. What do you look for when you're building your bikes? What's the key component you're looking for? I want them uh, as fast as humanly possible for a V-twin. That's what I like. I like <laughs> speed. Um, I like them to be nice and compact. I like everything to fit in there real nice and tight. So you're looking at uh, engine first. You're looking at power. You're looking at the engine. That's the first thing you're looking at, not a frame or anything mm-hmm. like that. So you're looking at the engine, then you're going to build around the engine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then for the frames, man, I kind of like to have them nice and tight around the motor so there's not a bunch of, I guess, not like maybe a negative space or whatever, just space that's not being used. I want it to be shoehorned in the frame. Kind of like the, the bike that Chad has that I built he bought years ago off the the thing is very, very small. It's light. It's very, very tight. And it's really, really fast for what it is. It's, uh, now, are you making yeah, the frame the... yourself, or are you buying existing frames and then molding them to to fit? No, I, I usually go with the aftermarket frames. Um, the bike that I'm building now, it's actually funny, me and Chad are 
kind of doing almost the same bike, uh, close to the same years. We started off with the mine's a 1976 uh, FLH shovel head frame that I'm having hardtailed and uh, a bunch of metal molding to smooth a bunch of the stuff out on it. Uh, but it's so I'm a novice. I'm a so novice with this. So what's when you say shovel head and you say soft tail and what does all that mean? Uh, shovel head is a type of a type of the motor, uh, and specifically shovel heads. They made them from 1966 to 1984. Um, you got different styles of motors. You got, you got knucklehead, shovel head, pan head, Evo, twin cam. They're all just different year models in the motor. Is all it is. Um, but I wanted to build something extremely unreliable, and it's not going to be too fast, so I chose to build a shovel head. And uh, I'm going to have to, you know, deal with that later on down the road, I guess. Yeah. Try to figure out how to get some speed out of it. Yeah, so then you got the frame, you've got, you know, the chassis system, the handlebars, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you looking at when you're uh, going to that portion of the build? Uh, I think it's all relative, man. A lot of people, it's, it's that's what's cool to me about building your own bikes, man. You go to customize them. Everybody's got a different flavor. Like me personally, I like my bikes nice and tight. I like them very skinny. I want the narrowest tank I can get. I like my bars real nice and tall, but very narrow. So you're, you know, I try to make it where like you look as uncomfortable as, as you can be riding a motorcycle down the road. And if it looks uncomfortable, you look cool while you ride it. You know? And that's what counts. <laughs> that's key, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. The more uncomfortable yeah. you look, the cooler it is. I like that. Oh yeah. That's cool. What about you, Chad? So uh, much of what I have has been uh, inspired by the same things that, that Ted likes, uh, except for baggers, because I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> What's a bagger? It doesn't matter. It's, it's irrelevant? <laughs> yeah. It's a boat anchor. Um, so, uh, really into choppers. Um, I, was, I was into choppers, you know, before I even met Ted. But uh, since, since we've been friends, um, you know, you, you kind of share ideas. And, you know, you look at uh, the history of, of choppers is, is a really cool thing. Uh, there's a lot of history involved in all this stuff, by the way. Um, and it goes back to the military, but, um, fast forward, like choppers in the, in the late sixties and early seventies are really kind of the bikes that we like. And, um, so if you go back and look at some of those builds, um, personally, I, I lean towards the bikes that are, uh, super shiny, a lot of flake in them, you know, um, tall, narrow bikes, long bikes, uh, lots of Chrome, you know, um, like show bikes, but. We like show bikes that you can ride, you know, and uh, <clears throat> some 60s and 70s show bikes are amazing, um, but you got to be able to ride it too, you know. So like Ted said, sometimes they look really uncomfortable, and he's kind of joking. They look uncomfortable, but they're really not, and um, and that's kind of what I dig. And right now, we're both really into that late 60s club-style bike, so uh, we're doing – I'm building one as well, very similar to the one that Ted's working on now too, and they're um, – they're 60s club style, but with, with our own sort of uh, flair to it and our own kind of feel to it and more of a modern feel. And um, they're going to be um, not necessarily performance motorcycles, but reliable old bikes, if you will. Are you doing those bikes. more for show or are you doing those for 
riding they're enjoyment. Gonna, so Ted's bike's initially going to start out for his show bike, but he's going to ride it and let it get dirty and and get all beat up, which is cool. It, it's it's kind of like a cool look, you know. But the other thing is you don't have to worry about it. My bike, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to keep it uh, clean and keep it a you know an actual show bike that I can I can ride in the shows. If it gets dirty, whatever, I'll just clean it. You know, if it gets scratched, I'll fix the paint. You know. One of those kind of things. So, both um, both styles of bike are. Um, is that what this are, is? So, um, yes. sort of, yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. I was looking for an example. Yeah, there's a few in there. Clubs, the um, '60s club style. Is that what? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple in there that are pretty cool. Not not anything close to what we're building, but. Um, I think Ted would love that one. <laughs> a diner. There you go. It's like an Evil Knievel motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Stunt bike right there. It's probably really fast, too. I like that. Yeah, man. So what's the oh, difference between a oh, chopper? See that guy sitting, that black and white, the guy sitting on the bike? Right here? Uh, nope. Right here. Somewhere. Got to scroll. It's either up or down. Oh. Nope. That right there. Oh. Hang on. Keep going. Keep going the other way, I guess. Okay. Right yeah. Here. There, right there. That guy, right there. Yeah, that that right there is pretty similar to uh, to what we're we're both building right now. What you're wanting to build? That's that's the closest version of what we're building on this page. So yeah. Gotcha. So when you're looking at tools and time i mean just like anything it's like you get into gun building and you're like oh man this tool would really make this a lot easier to build or if i had this if i had that this is this is one of those as you get more into it you get more financially involved with it as well right yeah you have to get a job for sure if you want to build it right they're not cheap yes it's expensive really fast. That's for sure. And when you guys are awesome. bu- building these, you're not doing them for resale. You're doing them just, you're building them. No, and you're just building them to keep them for the rest of your life, man. And hopefully pass it on to somebody else that's going to enjoy it just as much as you did. How many of that's you what's built cool to? about it, too. Cause no, go ahead. Were? No, go ahead. Once you, uh, you put all this time and love and energy into a bike and you make it perfect, you know, the way that you envision it. And then a lot of other people might end up liking it too, or if not, I mean, who cares? But um, later on down the road, it, it's kind of cool because it does become a classic. They, you, you find these old survivor bikes from the 60s and 70s that were super cool back then. But, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, they get put in a barn. And then you have the younger guys that come through and they find these bikes and their minds are blown. They're like, wow, it's really cool. Like they were doing this back then. They'll take the bike out, get it running and riding it around without changing a thing on that bike, kind of just to pay their respects to the original builder because it's so cool and they enjoy it. So it's all timeless, you know, and that's another cool uh, kind of thing about building, you know, it is. It's right? Somebody finds my, one of my bikes I built in the barn one day and they bring it out. And I'm like, man, that's a badass bike. I'm going to, I'm just going to ride it like it is, man. It's has pretty cool to build bikes. Like, it's definitely, it's an art form. Um, that pretty much anybody that's you know into art or old bikes or anything that's vintage can appreciate you know so you don't want to like 
if you find one of those barn bikes and you get it going, you don't want to you don't want to do anything to it. You kind of want to leave it as original as possible, you know, while still getting it mechanically sound. Um, because somebody put their heart and soul into making that art form, you know, back in the day, and uh, you just want to respect that. So it's it's yeah. pretty cool that people are still doing that. It's kind of like we were talking uh, one of our AK corners um, a while back. You know, they find one of those, you know, those old Russian with the with the the art in it. You know that they've carved in, yeah. or you know they put it yeah. in like you know don't mess with that. Leave it alone. You know you want to. Yep, same thing. I gotta hop off here, guys. Yeah, Ted, it was it was great yeah. meeting you. If you would give your company an, another plug, your shirt company and the Leadheads, go check them out. Go to their social meds. Uh, and let them know you heard him here on the Talking Lead Podcast. Oh, yeah. That's uh, you find us at swancityprintcompany.com or uh, just Swan City Print Company at uh, Facebook and Instagram. Here, check us out. Give us a like. Chat with us. You know. here. Ted, we we'll appreciate it. Um, and Leadheads, go check, go check them out. Swan Screen Printing, right? Swan, Swan City. City Print Company. Swan City Print Company. Got it. Yeah. Very good. We'll talk to you soon, Ted. Thanks. All right, cool. I appreciate it, buddy. I'll see you. All right. Ted, I should mention, uh, is also a retired and injured combat vet. Um, he oh. doesn't really like to talk about it too much, but he served in the U.S. Army, uh, 11 Bravo, and uh, got knocked out, you know, got some bad injuries or whatever. So, um, yeah, he's he's kind of a hero to me, too. Don't tell him I said that, though. Okay. I'm going to leave that <laughs> in. That, that's staying in the show. <laughs> That part's staying in. So we thank Ted for his service and uh, all the more reason for you lead heads to go and check out the Swan City screen printing. Yes, yes. Swan City Print Company. I'll get it right in a minute. Swan City Print Company. It's better known and operated. Uh, so, so Chad, I, I think we got a little too much into politics because I want to talk more motorcycles, and I know you're running out of time. Um, so we'll we'll continue this motorcycle discussion uh, in another episode. If sure. you leadheads have questions and things you want to know about, uh, talkingleadgmail.com, um, and maybe we'll get some of your other uh, cycling enthusiasts on and sure. pick, pick their heads about certain things, too. It's just it's one of those things where, you know, I, I used to be into the motorcycle thing, and I got out of it, and um, I just don't know that much about it anymore, but it's one of those things that I want to learn more about. And, sure. Um, when I when I want to learn more about something, I do more shows on it. So lead heads, <laughs> get ready for maybe some more motorcycle talk. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, and you know, uh, like we talked about, it kind of goes hand in hand with freedom. You know, like when you get on your bike, you just feel, you know, you hear the the noise of your motorcycle, you hear the wind, and you got the wind in your face. Um, yeah. And we call it getting your knees in the breeze. <laughs> but yeah, you get out there, and man, it's it's super therapeutic. And um, I feel like you know, uh, all those lead heads out there can appreciate something like that because it really kind of is a, it's a tangible freedom. Yeah. You know, it's something you can actually go do and feel like you're, you're sort of free out there on the road. I'm so. sure a lot of our listeners, um, own motorcycles, are motorcycle enthusiast. If you are reach out to me, talking let gmail.com. If there's certain topics or issues, uh, you know, about motorcycles that you want us to talk about on here, be, uh, be happy to do that. We'll uh, get Chad back on and, um, we'll do another show uh, on the freedom of the motorcycle, baby. Yeah. Dig it. So, Chad, um, we didn't talk much about Caltech today, but we want to do that. We want to set up another show, again, like I said, with, with the uh, NRA being canceled. 
Uh, we were we were slated to talk about all the latest and greatest that you guys have going on. Talk about your 30 year uh, anniversary and celebration that you guys are doing with Caltech, and um, maybe that's something that, like I said, we could uh, look at maybe bringing the lead quarters to Cocoa Beach and do uh, a, a great episode. Be, yeah, take the tour and show people around. Yeah, we definitely could do that. Do some live stuff and whatnot. Um, Absolutely. But Leadheads, if you've got questions for Chad, whether it's motorcycles, it's guns, uh, relationship advice, because, <laughs> or maybe giving him some, maybe that's. <laughs> I learned I learned my lesson the hard way, and so if anybody else we wants to do. know how to avoid that, then let me know. <laughs> that's the best way to learn, man. That's how we all learn. I've been there, done that, but it's it's very, um, uh, like I said, it's very magnanimous of you to come on and and uh, recognize the errors of your way and correct it hopefully yeah i appreciate it man but Absolutely. i don't deserve it. you you do you do and is matt still there matt is still here yeah okay i didn't know if he was still in the room or not but again go and support those that make the show possible leadheads uh, it's keltechweapons.com they're at keltechweapons boom boom and then Chad, you guys can follow Chad on the grams, and he's changed it. It's spell that narco, garco. Yeah, G N A R C O C H A D. And you didn't narco. narco. You didn't say what this company was that you started. You want to give it a plug? Yeah. So um, you know, we can talk about that a little more in depth next time too. But uh, Ted and I just came up with this uh, this apparel company concept, and that's where actually Swan City Print Co. came from. Uh, he started getting into the printing side and uh, realized it was very lucrative business. So we kind of sort of backburnered uh, the Gnarly Company, but um, that's our clothing brand. It's the Gnarly Company, um, or Narco for short. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh, next time, and I'll give you okay. all the details on that. But it's a it's a pretty unique brand, and we uh, intend to uh, cater to all walks of life, um, but mostly people that are adventure people, whether it be hiking, skydiving, skiing, snow skiing, Cycling. snowboarding, you know, BMX, motocross, choppers, you name it. So a uh, gun, you know, shooting, uh, competitive shooters, like whatever, uh, just it's the, the slogan is die gnarly. So in other words, like, you know, you got this, you only have one life here on this planet, you know, live it live it with your all, you know, go out there and, uh, and die gnarly, you know, be, uh, wild. Be, be the best you can be and enjoy uh, this life as much as you can, especially if you're doing outdoor activities and stuff. So absolutely. Yep. Our other sponsors, uh, mission first tactical. Uh, I was talking about them earlier and I had my screen share on, so you couldn't see it. The dump trays, uh, that they make, uh, from the, they make these from the leftover materials from their holsters, uh, the Kydex or Boltron. Uh, and these are really good. And I think you had some of your motorcycle parts. Don't you have one of these, Chad? We had some of your motorcycle parts and stuff on. I actually do. I use that to, uh, when I'm working on stuff, I drop my nuts and bolts and stuff there. I don't want to lose and rolling all over the garage floor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's perfect for you mechanics, you smiths uh, that are that yep. are out there to, to put those parts. It It's perfectly great cleanup, easy cleanup. You got that greasy stuff on there. Uh, but works perfect. But then also for your nightstand dump tray, your EDCs, you're dumping your pockets at night so you don't scratch up uh, uh, 
the furniture so your wife don't jump down your throat. Uh, perfect for that, too. They're magazines. Great AR magazines. They do have AR-10 magazines now. And you can get custom logos put on those. We've got the Leadhead Brigade. Uh, some of those that we've done. Uh, probably going to get some done with collaboration with Caltech and Talking Lead. They've got window magazines. Uh, very cool, very reliable, sturdy, solid magazines. I've not had any issues with these. I've been using them for over a year now. Uh, and then they've got some um, Terran Tactical extensions that uh, are being made for these as well. So you can go to Terran Tactical. I think Mission First might even set them on their website uh, where you can get an extension on there. So for you competition shooters or you just want to carry a couple of extra rounds, missionfirsttactical.com. Use the code LEADHEAD and you're going to get 20% off anything you purchase from there. Uh, they've got cool shirts and, and swag there as well. They've got pepper spray, uh, CS, so uh, all kinds of different things that they've got available there at Mission First Tactical. Go and show them how much you appreciate them being a part of the show and sponsoring it. Seal One, again, you're going to clean your firearms. You're going to clean pretty much anything. Uh, this is good for it. Uh, very good for protecting against corrosion, so... Like Chad's living down there in uh, Cocoa Beach. They got a lot of salt water, a lot of corrosion stuff going on, going on down there. Seal One will protect that. Seal One and done. You put uh, this product on your gun one time, and it's going to protect it for a really, really, really long time. Nice. And then, of course, for our apparel, 1776 United. You can go get the classic uh, Talking Lead logos, our Leadhead Brigade T-shirts and patches. Uh, at 1776 United, and you use the code Talking Lead, you're gonna get 20% off any of your purchases uh, at 1776 United. Uh, and then for our AK Corner enthusiasts, and you want to get our specific AK Corner logo apparel, go to Factory 47, and that's Factory with a K, Factory47.com. Use the code Leadhead, you get 10% off any of your purchases at Factory 47. For you AK enthusiasts, you definitely want to check that out. Uh, and then next month's AK Corner, we're going to, I think we're talking about the AK-74 is what we're going to talk about. It's either that or we're going to talk about the Valmet. I uh, don't know which one of those yet, but that's coming up the 15th of next month. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have some awesome guests and uh, give some stuff away as we normally do. Very cool. And don't forget Nemo Arms. Nemo Arms, you use the code TL10. You get 10% off anything at Nemo Arms. They have uh, heirloom quality shotguns there. They've got like the Italian engraving and stuff on their shotguns that are awesome. They are the first company, I do believe, that came out with a 300 Win Mag in the AR platform, Chad. Uh, what? Nemo Arms. They make high quality rifles, pistols, shotguns, and they're even into cans. They're making the, the cans now. So go check them out. Nemo Arms, TL10, get 10% off anything, even the firearms. You get 10% off uh, at Nemo Arms. So there you go. That's it. That does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast, Leadheads. Uh, this isn't Labor Day weekend, is it? That's next weekend, isn't it? Next weekend. Next weekend. Okay. But, you know, still go out, enjoy your freedoms this weekend. Uh, do the lake. Get on a boat. Get on a motorcycle. 
take your Jeep out and uh, practice your your Second Amendment rights as well. Carry your firearms. Check your local laws on the proper way to do that. But man, it just should be shouldn't be a thing you even have to consider anymore. And the harder we work and push our lawmakers, then the sooner we can make that happen. Yep. Any parting words for the Leadheads, Chad? I just want to thank all you Leadheads for supporting the show. And, uh, you know, those of you that have supported Caltech over the years, um, as you know, we consider our our customers extended family. So I just want to thank all you Leadheads that have uh, supported us uh, for such a long time. We appreciate you very much. Uh, and it shows in their customer service. They have a customer service department second to none. And I can personally attest to that. So check them out, KiltechWeapons.com. Chad, thank you again for taking time to be on. Of course, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, and we're going to have you back on soon because we're going to talk about all the latest and greatest with Keltech, what you guys got going on. Yes, sir. Uh, so stay tuned for that, Leadheads. And until then, as always, keep your loved ones close. Your firearms closer, yo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Just a trade you.